Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Trap Draw. Uh, before we get to Big Randy and today's guest, I just want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Mizzen and Maine. Again, visit MizzenandMaine.com. We'll have a little bit more to say about them later in the show. Thanks, Mr. Jeezy. Another excellent intro. Uh, I got to admit, a little disappointed not hearing Tron's mom there at the beginning. But Tron, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. It's too hot down here in Florida. But man, it's really the dog days, isn't it? Yeah, I'm researching next year how we can get the hell out of here for July and August. Well, you had started to grow your hair out too. And how long did that last? Like three days? Three days. The beard got a lot longer, and then. Yeah, I figured this is not a good idea. You had the harshest goatee going, or uh, no, was, not goatee, mustache. Fu like Manchu. a handle, but yeah, Fu Manchu. Yeah. God. And then, um, yeah, and then Alex threatened to divorce me if I kept that around. <laughs> so, all right, well, enough about that. Um, our guest today is Tyler McCumber. Tyler is currently on a crazy heater up in Canada. Possibly I, the hottest player in the world right now. Yeah, you know, no, no hyperbole there. Um, He's got a couple weeks off here between uh, his his next start and was kind enough joining us in person today. So, Tyler, welcome to the Kill House. Good to have you. Thanks for having me, guys. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, it's been, we've been trying to make this, this thing happen for a few weeks. We were going to do it, you know, I think, three weeks ago after you won for the first time. And then we're like, all right, we'll do it next week. And then you won again. And then so. Well, think, yeah. I think we've exchanged more texts than I have with anyone else. It's crazy. I, I, and I feel bad. I feel like I've been hassling. No, you. no, no. It's all good. Well, I was going to say, Tron, do you want to kind of give the people, uh, we say he's the hottest player in the world. Yeah. Do you want to add some context here? Yeah, just, just going through the results here. Um, I'm sure a lot of our audience, our, Tyler, our audience on the trap draw here is probably the, the, <laughs> the more diehard of the NLU franchises. It's kind of like... Hey, once you start listening to LU, then then you go to the next level and you start listening to Trapter. So, um, but so I'm sure most of our audience is, is very familiar with with, with the McKenzie tour. Um, but you kind of started off your year, made made five cuts in a row. Didn't really have any spectacular finishes. Couple tied for tenths, and then uh, July 22nd, 2018, uh, starting there, you just you've been burning it down since then. Won the Osprey Valley Open, uh, 65, 61, 65, 72. Uh, the next tournament out there, the Sincrude Oil Country Championship. Uh, first place there, 67, 68, 65, 63. Which I got to say is played at the Edmonton Petroleum Golf and Country <laughs> Club, which special shout out. That's, that's sweet. Uh, and then, you know, a little bit of an off week the following week at the ATV Financial Classic. Uh, th- solo third, 63, 66, 65, 68, and then got it back on the rails this week at the Players' Cup, uh, which is that, that's in Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for a 69, 65, 65, 67 for another win. So, 
Uh, you've made $135,000 on the McKenzie Tour this year with... Canadian. Or uh, Canadian <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Canadian. Okay. Yeah. But still, with, but with, with, that's tough to do to get into six figures um, up there. Yeah, no, it's, so. it's been a good run. Um, you know, obviously getting some momentum going um, and feeling good about my game for a while. But um, it's nice in the last few weeks to capitalize because sometimes you play good and you don't win, you know. But i um, definitely been sort of capitalizing on good play, so... So let's take it all the way back, I guess. Yeah, we'll start with kind of your, uh, you come from a golfing family. Your dad's somewhat of a legend out there on the PGA Tour. So I guess just take us, take us through your, your introduction to the game and your, you know, kind of formative years. And you're local, sorry, yeah. and you're local here. You grew up in Ponte Vedra, if that's, do I have yep. that correct? Yep. Grew okay. up in, uh, yeah, Marsh Landing, and then we moved over uh, out of Marsh Landing for a few years, and so sort of all my childhood was spent in uh, Ponte Vedra here. But, yeah, I mean, um, I guess, you know, starting from just being around golf, obviously, uh, like you said, from a golfing family, uh, from my dad being a player, and um, and then also them having the, the uh, course design business, McCumber Golf. Cousin was a player, um, you know, and then his brothers he went into business with uh, on the um, course design. And so – you know, from as early as I can remember, there was golf. There were golf people over at the house. Um, golf talk, obviously nonstop, as you guys are probably familiar with. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I. So for anybody who hasn't put two and two together yet, your dad is Mark McCumber, who's yeah. ten-time tour winner. Um, just wanted to connect those dots for any listeners that uh, were unsure. Sorry to interrupt you there. Oh, no worries. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll skip over all the. The boring stuff, but I, like, I were you rabid about golf growing up? Yeah, I was no, gonna ask. I was just gonna kind of get into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, no, I wasn't. Um, you know, and it wasn't on purpose. I didn't really have a reason. Uh, I just kind of figured it was something my dad did, and I didn't really. It just, I guess, I wasn't interested in it as much when I was younger. Um, played other sports. I was big into. I love surfing. Um, you know, my friends kind of gravitated around baseball and and the beach and just kind of things that were maybe less of a commitment, um, but just more fun hanging with the boys. And um, not until 12, 13 did I kind of take a take a liking to golf. Um, I, I do remember this kind of transition in it was uh, I was playing Little League. I mean, we would have been 13 or uh, 12, 13. And I kind of, after one of the games, was talking with my dad. I was like, man, I just, I feel, I love baseball. Don't get me wrong, but I just feel a little bored out there, you know? And he was like, well, you're playing catcher third base you're <laughs> you're in the, really action. you know and he's like i don't think it's gonna get any more um engaging for you and i was like yeah you're probably right like what should i do you know we kind of had a little talk and he's like well come to the golf course with me and, you know and hit a few and kind of just got into it that way because i felt like golf was a lot of action you know it was always mm-hmm. on you and um i still love baseball but that's kind of when i got into golf okay so he didn't he didn't really pressure you or it, it was something that you really found more or less on your own i mean you came to it in in your own time yeah definitely um you know i've never even to this day really had any pressure from my dad to play golf i think he realizes how how hard it is and he wouldn't really wish that upon anyone <laughs> so uh, had you played even just recreationally before that any um, i mean did you kind of show a, a certain talent level or was it you know, when was it really like when you were 13? That's kind of when you picked it up and, and started uh, to play. I showed zero 
aptitude for golf. Um, you know, maybe other than just a little bit of hand-eye coordination, I actually, it's funny, like, going back and kind of recounting all these memories, um, I didn't even remember this, but uh, I, pre- until I was 13, I would, go, I would go to the range, like, I would hit shots, but I never, like, worked on my setup or got serious about it. I actually started my golf swing from the top. Never had a backswing. So, <laughs> until 11... 12, I would go with my dad to the range so at TPC. It was like baseball. It was baseball, yeah. yeah. And I guess I didn't do it on purpose. It just was felt normal to have it here and then start because that's the sport I played, I guess. Um, and so I, I remember fondly being in the back range at TPC and, you know, dad practicing with, with the other guys that were playing on tour as well. And I was hitting balls from the from the top. Like, I didn't... On the back of the range out there. Yeah. <laughs> Probably got yeah, BJ banging balls on the way, <laughs> ripping them off. And I remember he'd always tease me. He's like, he's like, you know, you're hitting them so fast. Like, and he would call me Machine Gun McCumber. He'd be like, you're like a machine gun over there. I just hear, I'm like that. So those are good memories for sure. So then, did it start to like, did it start to click? Did you really fall in love with the game, or was it just another? Was it just kind of another thing you did to keep yourself busy during, during um, high school? Yeah, you know, I guess like last year of middle school, I guess it would be seventh, eighth grade is when you're 12, 13. Um, I got playing in tournaments. I remember the first tournament I played, the, the back to school at uh, Ponte View Training Club. It was such a big junior tournament to us. It was like, or it became, you mm-hmm. know, when we got older. But um, I shot 102, 99, my first two rounds. I think I might have missed the cut. I don't know. It was close. Um, but I... Uh, yeah, I just was kind of first time ever really playing in a tournament, and uh, I guess I got the bug. I wanted to break 100. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did the second time I played. And then um, I think the next year I shot like 80, 78, <laughs> and then the next year won the younger age division. So it was like um, something that I just kind of, I guess I got addicted to the progress of it. Yeah. You know, like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, I really suck. Um, let's see if I can get decent at this. You know, there was no ask, you know, aspiration mm-hmm. at the time. It was just like, oh, let's see if I can kind of break 90, break 80, break 70, win a tournament. And then you started playing golf on and the high then, school team? Yeah, yeah. I remember having, you know, kind of uh, conversations with some of, my, some of my buddies that were at Nice that were playing on the team. I was like, man, like, do you think I'll make the high school team? Like, you know, I just, I don't know. And they're like, yeah, I think you'll be fine. I think you'll keep getting in. And so it kind of just progressed from there I was like man I'd love to make the high school team and I'd love to start and then we won a state championship and kind of progressed from there so from there were you getting looks from colleges like were you playing well enough were you playing in AJGAs or were you playing in any you know any junior tournaments kind of nationwide or were you um yeah I would say I think 15 16 I started to get in some events um trying to this was a long time ago now you know they have like the whole performance or they did i don't know how they run the ajga anymore but they had like performance uh i think it was stars or ratings mm-hmm. or something to how you qualify and so i played a few open events finished like second or third got in you know ended up getting in like the invitationals and in the bigger um national tournaments like uh pub links western juniors uh, us you know qualified for us junior okay. and stuff like that and Senior. so kind of got into that like 15 16 17 and then um and played pretty well I, I wouldn't say i was on anyone's radar until uh i won the state junior and then finished like second in the western junior and that was like seven, 16 17 and okay or 15 16 17 and then i guess i started talking to some local schools in florida and then so tell me about florida 
how did you get to Florida? Had you always wanted to go to Florida? Uh, University of Florida. Um, yeah, I mean, I shoot. I my family's kind of diehard Gator fans. My cousin played there. Josh, uh, you know, was an All American on the team, and you know, good player himself. And um, uh, my uncle was a Gator. You know, uh, uh, season ticket holder. I think for. 30 years or 40 years, like something crazy. So we'd always go to the games. Um, I, you know, I, I was a pretty big Gator fan. Uh, I knew what the golf program kind of had to offer. Obviously playing for Buddy Alexander is, you know, an awesome privilege um, with all of his knowledge. And he had a relationship with my dad. And so I knew that that would trans sort of translate well into developing as a player. You know, mm-hmm. they could communicate and then we could all work together because at the you know time – as I still kind of do, but I was just working really with my dad on my golf game. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a super fun four years. Um, but I, I was looking at other schools as well, UCF, uh, FSU, um, sort of all the schools in state and visited them all and, um, just kind of ended up picking Florida in the end. How, how did your mindset? So it just blows me away. You know, you talked about that at the age of 13, Kind of shifting from, or beginning the shift at least from baseball more towards focusing on golf, and then obviously by the time you're 18, you're a Division One scholarship player. At what point, or what was that process like? From where it was, you know, just competitive with yourself. Hey, can I break 90? Can I break 80? Can I break 70? To then, you know, did any thoughts come in like, hey, I can do this at the college level, or you know, this is something I want to do professionally? Did Did you even think about that back then? Um. Yeah, I did. Um, sort of, kind of thinking of the timeline, I, I, I do remember a a pretty important conversation. Important now, I guess, because we're talking about it. But you know, at the time, having a conversation with my dad, and I was kind of like, "Well, you know, do you, you think I'm good enough to play here?" Like, I just didn't know. You know, shooting whatever seventy, eighties, mid seventies, like is thirteen, fourteen, and um, you know, he's he kind of gave me some encouragement. Like, I think if you keep doing these things and spending as much time as you're spending and, you know, sort of have this commitment, I think you're going to, you know, be fine. I think you'll hit, you know, let's see if you can just hit all of the, I guess milestones would be the word. Like see if you can kind of see how high school goes, see how college goes. And then um, I really got addicted to sort of the grind, I would say when I was about 17, when I realized like, okay, I'm going to go to Florida or 16. I was good. Yeah. Cause I was like, I'm going to go to Florida. I'm going to, this is something I want to take serious. If I'm going to play a D1 sport at, at, at University of Florida, I'm, I'm probably going to want to do it professionally, you know, like take advantage of that opportunity to grow and play with good players and have, you know, sort of good coaches. And um, so I started to go to the gym and, and wake up early. I remember it. we lived off of um, uh, 16 at Pontevedra Training Club, and I would take my wedges to the 16th hole, that par three, and uh, I loved when they had that back left pin and front left pin because it's like it's the hold in one pin, yeah. man. And uh, I would go there, you know, when when it was daylight savings time and you could, the you know, when the sun's up early, I would take my shag bag, go chip and putt and um, hit shots from the tee. And then I would throw it all in that like wispy grass there, that, that uh, native grass mm-hmm. and catch the bus. The bus would pick me up right in front of there. They, like I asked her if she would, you know, versus picking me up at the, <laughs> at the house. And, um, and so I really, it was fun. Like I was playing with my friends, but that's kind of when it became not in a negative sense of job, but like, I really got to get better. I was like, man, you know, like 
can I hit this green seven out of 10 times from 100 yards? Can I get this up and down? And then I knew the bus was coming, so it was like pressure. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, shoot, like I want to do this. And and then I think that next year I had her, she started to pick me up from the, the workout, the gym at Ponte Virginia Club. And she's like, well, where is it going to be next? Like, you know, what, <laughs> like what's going on here? You know, like, what are, you, what are you working for? Like, And um, I was like, I, I just, I, I, I like that aspect of it. You know? Yeah. I guess during college, did it, kind of keep on that same trajectory as far as you just kept steadily improving steadily improving or did, did you find you kind of plateaued once you got there or how did kind of how'd your career go at in, in Gainesville well the first year I got there I mean I, I kind of struggled being away from home even though I was like an hour and a half down the road <laughs> um, I don't know I just you know doing your own I guess being in charge of all your little day in and day out things, eating, doing laundry, it's just obviously a transition for everyone. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of struggled my first year. I had sort, I had some, some good rounds, but just couldn't quite get, kind of get my shit together, so to speak, you know, mm-hmm. and then um, it took a while for me. Um, and so, you know, I ended up missing out on the postseason, which was, now that I look back on it, I was probably glad because it was a motivator for me. It was kind of like, well, because I expected to make it, and I wanted to make it, I guess is a better word, not expected. But, um, and I felt like I'd played, uh, I was capable of playing well enough to be an impact in the postseason, and I, you know, obviously wasn't. And um, I think that was good. I went home that summer pretty upset, you know. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to play good in amateur golf, won the Florida, the State Am, and played well in the player, uh, the Porter Cup, like some amateur events and um, Western Am and stuff. And it was good for me. It got me it sort of lit a fire, I thought, in me to play and maybe just relook the way I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, I played pretty solid. Um, uh, you know, we won SECs, um, was um, uh, was an All-American twice, um, and academic All-American, which I have no idea how that happened. Uh, <laughs> that must have been a fluke. Uh, and um, and then was the, the team captain the last two years which was fun. That was really, I think when people ask me, you know, what's your favorite part about college? And I thought just being with the, with a good group of guys and having them vote me as uh, maybe the, the team captain meant the most to me. I don't know if I voiced that to them, but like, I don't know. I just felt really cool to know you're around a good group of guys that, that feed off each other and they, you know, we all look up to each other, but I was pretty stoked to, to be part of that. Mm-hmm. From there, you, you knew without a doubt you wanted to graduate, turn pro? Yeah, I had, I remember when I got to school, I had a really good conversation with, uh, or he, Buddy, um, you know, our coach at the time, sat sat us all down individually in private, kind of in his office, and we talked about, like, our plans, like, what did we want out of golf? And, um, you know, I told him, he's like, or he asked me, he's like, what do you, what do you want from golf? You know, are you here to study you're here to play seriously um and I said well I'm, I'm, I want to play professionally um and he, he said well you know you seem like a simple guy I don't know what he meant by that but um <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope he meant that he you know let's keep it simple which uh is what we did and he said uh I think most easily put let's make the goal for you to get better every year every day you know pretty much mm-hmm. um as long as you're getting incrementally better, because I wasn't, you know, a stud going into school by any means, like at all. And I think with the goal, like simplifying it, saying, hey, let's get better every day. Um, let's tighten it up day in and day out and never backtrack. 
was a way where he assured me that if you do that, you'll be where you want to be, you know, mid mid uh, university career, you know, and especially when you leave here, you'll be ready to play professionally. And mm-hmm. and it was really, it, I think it took the pressure off, you know, not trying to just do big things out of the gate, but just shoot certain scores and tighten up parts of my game. And I don't know, it just it was it was really good advice from him. So, so from there, you you turned pro in 2013 after yep. you graduated, and walk me through kind of that, that um, first that first season I guess yeah well I guess you know when you're fresh out of school you don't know better so this game's easy right like it's uh you don't know what it means to fail um and so it, I think Q schools the whole process seems a bit uh it's just you know you, you're not you're kind of blindly going into the uh experience and um is you'll see a lot of guys get on tour young and a lot of guys get through Q school their first try because they just um, don't know any better. Like they don't know any better. You know, yeah. you're just playing golf is what, and, it, and that's the goal, you know, is to just do that. Um, and so I made it to finals at Q School my first year. Got web conditional. Uh, didn't have a good showing at finals. Um, so I wasn't getting in events on my number right off the bat. Mm-hmm. And they had just started. I don't know if the PJ Tour acquired the Latin and Canadian that year, maybe the year before, how that, how that worked. But um, there were 10 web spots to go play in Latin America. Okay. So I went down there not really knowing what I was getting into and um, played the first event. I think I missed or I made the cut and somehow reshuffled. Ended up playing an entire season down there and um, finished third on the money list, which got me my web card back for the following year. And during that, I mean, you like it sounds like that was kind of a, a little diversion there. Like At what point were you like, wait, like I'm yeah. playing golf and... and- <laughs> Ecuador and Peru and Chile and Argentina like no I'm mean, absolutely no that's exactly what I was thinking um you know and I think I I didn't really know what to expect or how well you had to play like I didn't know I was just kind of down there playing golf just and flying I think blind. That that's kind of that it goes back to what I was saying about Q school you're just down there playing golf not thinking about anything else and that's it's a good bubble to be in you know and fortunately played pretty well and had um two wins down there um and and came shy on the last the last round of the Argentine uh, Argentine Open of um, get, winning the money list. So, okay. which ones did you win? I won in Ecuador was my first win, and then Mazatlan was my second win. I went win, miss, cut, win. Okay, and then um, <coughs> you know continued to kind of ride that momentum and confidence throughout the rest of the season. Had you know some more top five finishes and whatever squeezed in there, um, and so that pretty much guaranteed the first like a full start on web that following year. You're mm-hmm. in like the first seven events. What's so. the craziest, craziest story you have from playing down there? The craziest story from playing like we down had, there. We, we had Justin Huber <laughs> and Luke Guthrie on, and Huber was telling a story about, I think it was Kent Bull was like in a, he ended up taking a dump outside. <laughs> you know, like it was just, oh yeah, what whole, happens in South America yeah. stays in South yeah. America, especially outside dumps, that would, that would be for sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, shoot, it's... It's South America, so it's anything can happen at any time, you know. And I mean, I, I will say I feel like I was fortunate to be in the situation where I kind of crave adventure. I love to travel. Yeah. I'm not afraid of like an alternative lifestyle. You know, I'll go, you know, hiking in the mountains for a couple of weeks by myself and like camping and and so I'm I'm fine with being away from home and kind of being in situations. I'm not, you know, I wouldn't call myself a prima donna by any means. And I think that that You're helps. Street smart, you know. Yeah, like I. I don't mind staying in a in kind of a dumpy hotel or if mm-hmm. a situation arises like that, it's just not a big deal to me. Um, 
you probably like the surfing down there too, right? I love the surfing. <laughs> and actually, that was kind of my goal was to network in all these coastal regions where I could had a I, ha, I had a place to go back down and kind of have a free place to stay on a surf trip. So yeah. uh, like Lima, Peru, and uh, Argentina, Brazil. Uh, there's all incredible surf in those countries. So have you taken advantage of that since? I then? have. Yeah, I uh, I guess. Um, I went to, where did I go? I went back down. I have a buddy in Costa Rica who runs a surf camp, a couple of buddies actually in Costa Rica that run surf camps, um, in Tamarindo. Okay. Uh, it's uh, turf safari, Robert Twine. Um, he has a spot down there. So I've gone down a few times other, other than when the tournaments are there to play. I've gone to, I'm good friends with the Salim family, uh, in Peru and I've gone down there to surf and go to Machu Picchu, uh, which was fun. And um, I've gone back to Brazil to surf as well, but didn't I didn't make any uh, connections there. And uh, but Central America has always been a good surf destination, so okay. I'll hop down there quite a bit. I'm told by like Maddie Kelly, who's who's been on the pod before. Uh, he tells me his his sister in law, his father in law. All of them, and then Johnny Thompson from Callaway, they're all like, yeah, Tyler can absolutely rip. <laughs> He's a very good surfer. Uh, that might, that's a stretch. That's very nice of them. Um, I mean, I've been surfing longer than I've played any other sport. Yeah. Uh, when I was six, I had a, I remember I had a babysitter, and she she was she was older, and uh, Miss Pat, actually, and we're still good friends to this day, and she, uh, she was a big kind of, local jacks beach girl um at, i guess growing up you know and um she took me out with a boogie board that had fin uh a boogie board that had um that had fins on it so she'd screwed i don't know how she did it but she pretty much just put together this boogie board with fins and i learned to surf on that standing up on a boogie board no wax nothing and with the fins it would kind of hold its line so you could yeah. you could go straight and not slide out and you could even kind of learn to go down the line like of the wave and, and like sort of hold edge on the face with the fins and so that's how I got into it and it was pretty much like right when I was riding a bike like you know running and walking good so it was I was in the water early I was shocked when I moved down here just how strong the uh, surf culture is I mean it's yeah that's crazy and then like, we watched that under the arctic sky documentary on netflix oh, that's good with, yeah uh, justin quintal oh that's that. a great one yeah, yeah. And you realize you're like man there's world-class world-class surfers here so no it's it's definitely you know it, it sort of has that golf surf connection here and i think that's why you know growing up here has been so fun because those are my two passions mm -hmm. and uh you, know, you have world-class golf courses and world-class golfers that live here and then you have just a great community of surfers um and the surf culture which you're you know, as you've said, it's really big here. Um, so it's it's definitely been fun to grow up in that and uh, be a part of it. Are you, so, a, are you a big Endless Summer guy? I do like Endless Summer. Um, I, I like the movie. I, I'll watch any surf footage yeah. you give me. I, that's what I do in the hotel room at night. Like I just I either am reading books or I'm watching YouTube videos of different places I want to go surf and just watching guys I love that rip. And it's kind of my way to get inspired without – watching golf you know I watch John John Florence and Slater and Fanning and Irons you know vi videos of them just ripping and I and just kind of it's a way for me to get inspired but not from golf yeah, so, yeah. did you read Barbarian Days Tron yeah that's you read that I have, I have, I oh, read it. so I good the, I yeah I just picked it up too I, I I'm not a surfer at all in fact I go out and fool around on a little stand-up paddle boards about the extent of it but just 
being down seeing here. Seeing his like nine foot yeah. tall ass stand up paddle board is great. Oh, but but great. the culture just fascinates me. I love it. Yeah. I, I love the vibe. And so, um, yeah, I just, I watched Endless Summer actually earlier this year and it was like, whoa, that's, that's pretty neat. Yeah, so cool. It's kind of inspired us on yeah how we do our video stuff and all that. But actually, DJ's gotten me into Surfer's Journal too, DJ and Travis Hill, who was here. Oh, nice. And, uh, and yeah, I started reading that and I'm like, man, there's a lot of, a lot of parallels between the two sports, between golf and, and surfing, and, and the, I think the communities yeah, around the Absolutely. Sports. I mean, you have you have a lot of surf. I think it helps, too, because a lot of surfers love to golf. Um, that I, You know, mm-hmm. what I've been told, they'll post photos of themselves. Like, and I, I think even some of them have gotten in with, with Callaway and yeah. kind of, like, repping their gear and photos and stuff. And um, Yeah, like, uh, uh, is it? Should I play with, like, Evan Geiselman a couple yeah, like that's, a couple that's months that, ago? Yeah, that's or, who I was... Yeah. Um, thinking of, I was just drawing a blank on his name, but um, no, there are, and I think it does help that there are a lot of surfers that golf. Um, you know, Kelly's a good golfer himself, yeah. plays in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am every year. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't say there's a ton of golfers that surf, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> or no golfers that yeah. surf, but there's a few. Uh, Brad Gale's one of them, which I think you yeah. guys, you guys have uh, caught up with him uh, or, or know him maybe. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, Robert Twine, my buddy who's down in Costa, he's a good golfer. He plays in that essential Costa Rica Open on the Latin Tour, and he's an unbelievable longboarder and surfer. Um, and then a lot of my friends here, uh, you know, Jay Dotson, uh, Billy Eckert, lives in Hawaii now. They're all Jack's locals, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, they, they love to get out in the links. That's, like, the first thing they want to do. They're like, let's, you know, yeah. when are you playing? And Should I play here? And so uh, it's cool to see that connection. I like it because I feel like they balance each other out. You know, physically, um, mentally, they're just, they go well together. You've probably got good core strength too, right? From surfing? Just from surfing, yeah. Yeah, yeah probably. I, don't, I mean, I'd say it's, I'd say for me, it's more of a posture uh, deal. Like it's, mm-hmm. golf is so hunched and kind of introverted with your chest. You know, it's like almost the opposite. And, yeah, and yeah. surfing gets you, gets their now shoulders that I'm thinking up. about it, it's kind of, yeah, it gets your shoulders back and up and kind of more open, so physically i feel like they do balance each other out yeah and it's good for your balance too like in general does your dad surf he doesn't uh funny story about that actually um he i took him out one time he was like i gotta know what the what the what's the attraction of this like how much fun are you having when you go out there like i gotta feel that i took him out it was behind our old house and it was an old it used to be a really good surf spot the sand shifts as you guys know around here with the storms and we used to call it the sticks. It's the county line. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it separates pretty much Jack's Beach from Ponte Vedra. And um, there was a really fun high tide break there for a long time. So all my buddies would come and surf it and park in our driveway. And uh, he asked me to take him out. And I took him on our on a longboard. And first wave, we weren't out for five minutes. And he he's on it. He's kind of he doesn't know. You know, it just doesn't come natural. It's like it's a weird deal if you've never been. And he somehow kind of like plumb up. Is that the word plumb bobs? Like when you put something in the water and it shoots a yeah. uh, maybe that's just like very word. stationary. Yeah, like, and goes yeah. Down. yeah. he kind of yeah. gets on the board and it gets down and it shoots like he lets go of it. And it shoots up, nails my nose, and I start bleeding <laughs> everywhere. And uh, to this day, he's never been in the water with me again. And every time someone asks him, "Do you surf?" He's like, "Nah." One time I went, I pretty much broke my son's nose. So, <laughs> does he fish? He does. Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say it's like like it seems like down here you either surf. Yeah, yeah, he's pick fishing. I think it's a little safer bet for him, a little calmer. (laughs) Yeah. 
All right, quick uh, quick break to uh, to pay the bills here. Uh, Tron, what uh, tell the people about Mizzen and Main shirts? Well, I didn't know Neil had been wearing these for years and years and years. Uh, I noticed his pit stains had gotten better, but I really <laughs> didn't know how. Um, but I was first introduced to him this year, uh, really when Phil Mickelson started wearing them. Yeah, and uh, I wore them kind of unwittingly at first for the BMW Charity Pro Am, and ended up quite liking it and i just wore it for the rest of the event too so uh extremely comfortable four-way stretch uh moisture wicking it was very hot and humid in yeah in uh, greenville south carolina in may but yeah so i would encourage all you guys to get involved it's uh you can wear on or off course i would probably recommend off course i think that's something that people don't really understand is that the golf thing is just kind of a little um it's almost a little joke of theirs. They're like, hey, they're so comfortable you can wear them playing golf, but mm-hmm. you know, it's not really what they're purpose-built for. So mizzenandmain.com, um, use the promo code TRAPDRAW, all caps, one word, TRAPDRAW, uh, for $10 off your, your order, and get involved. I think they've got some new, new fall stuff hitting the shelves. So mizzenandmain.com. All right, now back to our interview with Tyler McCumber. So after that season, you've got you got some web, you got some guaranteed web status. Yep. Heading in, this is going into 2015. Yep. Okay. Yeah, 2015. So then, how'd that season go for you? It started off well. Um, you know, obviously you have to make a check in the first um, the first two reshuffles mm-hmm. uh, when you're you know having those starts to continue playing throughout the year. I finished fifth in I think solo fifth in Columbia. Okay. So you know it gave me um, a good amount of uh money to keep reshuffling no matter how i played for the rest of the year um you know was in like the the 25 deal for the first half of the season and then um sort of went down i think i got my own way um and uh just didn't play good golf uh you know head wasn't in the right place um you start thinking about stuff and you start yeah just you know looking back on i've learned a ton i just didn't do it right you know mm-hmm. um I wasn't, I guess you could say maybe mature or uh, whatever word you want to label it as, but I just didn't, I didn't do it right. Um, you know, looking back on it now, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it happened that way because I feel like I've become a better player because of it. But um, yeah, I just pretty much lost my head. Um, played terrible, missed like, I think nine cuts or something from there on out and uh, ended up coming down to the final event in Pumpkin Ridge and just didn't even go into that with the right mindset, uh, missed the cut, got past, I think I was like 78th or something going into that, got passed mm-hmm. by a ton of guys and ended up having to go back, uh, finish 90th on the money list. Uh, went back to second the following year, kind of rode that just crap mentality and missed in second and was just, you know, pretty, pretty bummed at that progression of mm-hmm. how I didn't really do it the right way. Um, it kind of made me rethink things similar to that scenario where I missed out on the postseason my freshman year at Florida um and are you doubting your path at this point are you are you thinking about you know other options besides golf are you still totally committed to golf I think I I didn't think of any other options career-wise other than golf at the time I just sort of went into other mindsets like oh is this what I want to do is it you know like stuff like that where you're just letting any miscellaneous Mm -hmm. thought roll through and uh, not really staying focused or concentrated uh, at all and um, so the following year I um, trying to think I think I tried to stay in the states on Monday 
and uh, try to get back in because I had conditional status. You're guaranteed conditional status by finishing, okay. I believe, 90. Um, and uh, that summer, I so it would have been summer 16, I tore – that's when I had started to have my shoulder injury. I tore my labrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a micro tear, so it was somewhat – uh, manageable with with rehab and stuff and um, I went to I tried to play through it but it was just it hurt a ton I played uh, I'd play an event have to take three weeks off play an event it was just impossible to get momentum I couldn't work out um, and then I had the surgery okay and like beginning of 17 um, and then that put me out for a while and so uh, that's sort of been the evolution of how I've been playing I, I did play Canada that year when I was hurt and uh, finished 11th on the money list by, you know, very small amount of money, which would have got you back to finals. And once I kind of missed that momentum mark, I was like, I'm going to have the get the surgery and just kind of kind of recharge and reset. How do you decide between playing Canada or Latin America? Or, I mean, well, they, they, you they're both opposite kind, times. You can kind so of do can, both too, right? Yeah, you can. I, I, I sort of liked the idea of playing Mondays for web trying with conditional status, trying to get in, make a check, mm-hmm. get some momentum that way. And then if you don't, you have Canada in the summer. Um, I think that's why I picked Canada. Um, and, but yeah, I just kind of never really put multiple events and seasons together when I was injured slash right after I got that surgery, I, I played well. I won in Peru in 16, uh, you know, finished second a few times in Canada and but just never could quite put it together um and not until this year um did i you know sort of felt like i was able uh, or at least sack up and do it to get some momentum and okay i'm healthy now there's no aches and pains i can work out every day mm-hmm. i can kind of get the ball rolling in the direction that i feel like i need to you know and just looking at it too i mean it looks like like you played the player pga tour event in what march down mm-hmm. in, in the dr you finished T19 there. Yeah. So that's like a nice springboard. No, definitely. Um, I had a, a – I felt like personally that was a good stepping stone for me. Um, you know, I went I went to Australia this, this winter. Um, I saw that. You played in the Vic Open. And the... I did. Um, <laughs> I don't – kind of a big story of why I went over there. But um, I just – I was pretty frustrated going into the – kind of the end of that fall. Um and I did, that's when I, I think I first started to kind of let my mind wander. Like, man, you know, is there something else I can do and just be better at it? You know, like mm-hmm. uh, anything. And um, I went to Australia, you know, pretty much putting the clubs up. Um, you know, and if something popped up over there that was better, I was going to probably do it. Um, just travel a bit. I love to travel and, um, you know, just crave adventure. But um, I went over there without my clubs and was just staying in hostels and, traveling around, seeing Australia. I have a lot of Australian buddies and, you know, they always talk it up. So I want to see what the hype is all about. And, um, my, my agent at the time, well, he's still my agent, um, called me up and, um, told me about the Q school, the Muna at Muna links for the Australasian tour. And uh-huh. long story short, I ended up getting my clubs over to Australia, playing that, having not touched a club in three months and making it through, and um, got in the Vic Open, got in the first New Zealand event, and kind of got the bug again. And was like, man, you know. And but the biggest transition over there for me, um, 
was uh, I stayed with a friend of a friend. Uh, his name's Moose, um, Brett Stevens, and he's a former uh, Aussie Rules football player. And uh, he's a good friend of a lot of the Australians that I know that are okay. over there because he's big, you know, big in the sports world and uh, was Pete Sampras's um, trainer, um, mindset trainer when he was number one in the world. Uh, so I stayed. He was so nice. I remember he called me up. He's like, hey, I might, you, know, like, you want to get a coffee? I'm like, yeah, like, let's get a coffee. I, yeah, sure. I love coffee. Um, I love your accent. No, um, so we went and met for a coffee, and I think he – had like a, a pre-screening to this guy's on edge like don't push him to play golf kind of thing yeah and he didn't at all he was like let's go for a surf like i'll take you to a few good spots and we'll just you know kind of kind of just shoot the shit you know and which was what we did and uh him and his wife cara black who's a really um uh really good tennis player herself multiple grand uh winner of wimbledon uh and doubles and uh they let me stay in their guest house and stayed there for I overstayed my welcome I was like a couple months playing those events hanging out surfing training with him yeah and um he really got me kind of just hardened me up a little I'd say I got a little soft and mm-hmm. sort of that victim mindset which just is terrible, which is terrible. yeah it got yeah. me out of my comfort zone toughened me up a little bit and was like hey like do you you want to challenge yourself like do you want life to just be easy like what do you what do you really want out of this and I think that that transition in mindset, which I talked to him, you know, pretty much every day since, um, that transition in mindset mixed with obviously, uh, very fortunate to have the resources of working with Rick Smith and um, my dad and and other tour players, you know, get to play with, playing on good courses. Um, it really is kind of what sort of helped me get in that good zone this year, you know, and sort yeah. of. So I, even though the results hadn't come. I, I could see it, it trending in regard. I didn't see that what I've done the last couple of weeks trending, obviously, but like good play was there. It was coming and I just staying patient. And that tour event, getting in that tour event was a huge boost for me. Was that a Monday? Or was it, it was a Monday in and then was in the final group on Sunday. Okay. And it was my first, it was my first event on tour. So even though it was a, it was a, a, a backup event, event to, uh, or a, a third event to the, WGC was it, did they, yeah, yeah. That, it was one of those yeah. you know like a John John Deere kind of deal um, it was you know it was obviously a great field great players um, but I really felt comfortable there mm-hmm. it almost it was weird I never would have expected of how it would have I would have experienced it but it felt kind of like you're you're here on this stage even though I didn't have status so the pressure was off you could just play golf versus Man, I have. Feel it was like, like you're playing play with house money at that point. Yeah, right? exactly. You know, you're like, man, I've, I've gone through the Monday. I've, I've, you know, I've kind of, I'm here. I, you know, there's no real fail here. Like I yeah. just, you know, go go play golf and, you know, and there. I, 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 so I don't know what aspect it was. I, I think sometimes at the lower levels, I personally and other guys put a lot of pressure to play good every week because you feel like, man, I kind of do have to play good mm-hmm. a lot to and get there's such limited spots yeah. to advance to the next door. You know, from. Latin America, or no, there Mackenzie. Are. What? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting listening to you talk about it because um, you just got like you've had success pretty much every year. It seems like it just you just couldn't get the momentum going, you know, yeah. whether it be injury or whatever. Um, so going up to Canada this year, like what the game was just feeling good going in. You're in a good mental place going in, but you know, at what point 
like what's the secret? <laughs> I guess yeah. the secret. What? Oh, everyone's been texting me that. Did uh, you feel I like, wish I knew what the secret was. Have you felt like you're like in the zone? I know that's kind of a sports cliche, but did it, did it feel different or is it just kind of business as usual but with maybe a better mindset and you know obviously you're healthy too? Well, you know, I've just been putting first things first and really going through the process. Um, I won't give you the cliche answer. Um, Let me think here. Uh, I do think that uh, mentally I've I've gotten stronger. Not that I was really weak, but there was definitely room for improvement. Um, In regards to the zone, I mean... I would definitely say that I feel like I'm in a zone now. Um, but regards, to not in a zone that, oh, this is going to end kind of zone. Like, oh, I'm just going to ride it. it. It does, I do feel like a more rounded player. And I think that that's kind of, it's it's kind of been the progression where I kind of had to really look in and see, okay, what are my weaknesses? You know, I love I love driving the ball. I don't need to go to the range and hit drivers all day. You know, like I, it take, I think it's hard to work on your weaknesses in, in everything, in life, and golf, whatever. And so I had to kind of sit down and be like, man, you know, I need to get better at this. I need to get mm-hmm. better at this. And it's going to suck working on it, but that's going to be the difference. And so I kind of had to trust that if I put in the work and work on those, that it'll come around. You might not know when. It might be lightning in a bottle, which is kind of how it's been the last few weeks. It might be a slow progression, a fast. You don't know, and that's kind of – I think that's kind of how it's transpired in this year where I knew it was coming, um, you know, and I, you have your normal doubts. I'd call Moose, my dad, I'd be like, oh man, like I played so good this week, but I just didn't get it, you know, and they're like, well, just stay there. It'll happen. It'll happen. I'm like, oh, Peter Pan's lost his shadow. You know? <laughs> I actually said that. He, he references that all the time. And he laughs. But, but yeah, I would say that coming into these last few events, it's it's really come together, but it's not it wasn't random it was definitely sort of it, it was building it was, it was building yeah was there a big difference between the first win and the second win like the first one it seemed like it was you shoot 61 in the second round or you, and then yeah. from there you're just trying to hang on for dear life or um yeah hang on for dear life uh it was um it was i will say that in regards to the numbers like the 61 and, and getting into the 20 unders that's the way you say that um is also sort of been big for me and, and, and somewhat new, you know, I mean, I shot 18 under to win Peru and, or something like that. And, but not regularly shooting in the 20, you know, getting to 20 under plus or minus, I guess. Just psychologically, um, that's gotta be. Well, I think it was, I think it was neat how that worked because I always, I remember talking to my dad, like, man, I'd love to go, you know, be able to go lower more often, you know, like it, just in, and I think it's, you know, it just boils down to a mindset, you know, obviously playing good helps, but like mm-hmm. you can't go low without a good mind and being able to freewheel it, so to speak. And, and when I made the turn, I went low the final round of Thunder Bay. I shot 64 to backdoor top 10 it the week before Osprey Valley, which okay. I felt like was really big for me because it was kind of the, the pressure was on to have want to have a good event. The course really fit me. And I let loose in the final round, which is kind of the hardest day to kind of uh-huh. let loose, you know. And um, Osprey Valley, I, I played well the first day. And then the second day, just started making birdie after birdie. was hitting it good, feeling good. And made the turn, I think, shooting 30. or. And then I 
got off to a hot start on the back nine. And I think in the past, maybe like, oh, let's shoot six or seven. I was just like, nah, like let's, you know, I think that the mindset that's holding me back is let's shoot 13 under or 15 under. Like, let's shoot 57, you know, like what, yeah. what's holding you back from why can't you do it? You and know? You're aware of where you, like how far under you are. Like, are you a scoreboard watcher too or do you? I, I do. I don't have anything against watching scoreboards personally. And I mean, anyone who doesn't know what, how many under there are is probably lying to you. <laughs> okay. I've, I've always wondered, uh, like, is that, is that really possible yeah, to take it one shot? They're trying to like act that. too cool if they're saying that. No, um, there is a flower zone. You can get in where you don't know exactly. But, um, you know, I think when you get to that, you, you scorecard check and be like, okay, there is a chance I shoot 59 here. And, um, and I think what was big was I kind of had that epiphany of like, hey, you know, you need to go sort of go for broke when you're playing golf. That's kind of how everyone's doing it. Like the level of plays and the style of play has changed in the last five years, even last three years. Like you guys can't are think shooting. about the downside. You just have to. No, you can't play to the fat of the greens and you know shoot four under and get what you want out of this level mm-hmm. of golf or any level of golf. Like you, you know, you have to. You know, apart from the majors, obviously, like it's a different style of play. But um, the guys are just aggressive. They're shooting low numbers. They're, I mean, everyone's been in the 20, 20 plus under this year on the McKenzie tour, and that's like never been done in years past. And the yeah. level of play is getting better, but it's not like that was last year. My numbers that I'm finishing 15th with were winning. So it's like, what's the difference here? Guys are fearless. You know, they're coming mm-hmm. out of school, firing at pins with good short games. It's a good combination, you know, so. And then as far as the last one, like, you know, you finished third at the, at the ATB Financial Classic and then the Players' Cup, you go there, like, you're just like, all right, I'm, I'm winning. Like, is, like, has your mindset changed when you, when you show up at all? I mean, I would say what I'm working on hasn't changed, but it definitely, there is a, a factor of, of a expectation. Or, or not expectation is kind of always a negative term. It doesn't have to be, but... Yeah, you you do feel. I think when you get in the winning circle and it's repetitive, like this, you, you feel comfortable being up there. Yeah. So, and you hung out in Banff for a few yeah. days. And I I went, and... I went on a tear up in Canada when it comes to wildlife and nature. I I ended up not coming back one week. I, I didn't come back to the states for three months. So I I stayed up there in Whistler for two weeks, and then I stayed in Banff for a week and just pretty much. Just did be like mountain biking, yeah. hiking, camping, just exploring and all that stuff. Did yeah. you have your car up there? I didn't. You... No, I was, I was renting cars and just kind of okay. sleeping out of my car a little bit and kind of. God, I love that. <laughs> living yeah, the vagabond awesome. lifestyle. What was your What was so your favorite good. spot up there? I had the most fun in Whistler this year. Um, I stayed at a hostel for two weeks. Actually, I, I thought they were going to start charging me monthly there, but. Um, I had uh, I stayed at it's an old ski lodge that the UBC the the university built way back in the day where they, I think they would just go like party there in the woods and just it was kind of like the yeah. no restriction zone you know but, and they turned it into a hostel and I stayed there for for two weeks and just really networked with with all the the local I was lucky I met a lot of cool people and a mm-hmm. lot of people that were generous with their time and sort of. Uh, resources and um, you know was able to practice a little bit of golf at Nicholas North. Okay. Met their staff; they were awesome. And um, and then got in touch with a, I played golf with a guy John who owned like a rentals place. So gave me all my bike gear and was able to just kind of fully send it. Man, like we went up the, they were taking me on blacks going down the mountain, just 
doing jumps. I'd never even been on a like a you know a mountain bike before. Went over the handlebars a few times and just like <laughs> I actually I got on the last run and I fell really hard and I was kind of shaking on the way down. They got down. They're like, one more run. Then we're gonna have some beers. I was like, boys, I'm done. Like this is there's yeah. nothing good coming. Now that I'm scared, <laughs> nothing good is coming of this. Like so, I just sat there and started having a few pints and met up with them after. What are you kind of? What's your goal for the rest of the season? And, and then yeah, there, there's two more events. Okay. Montreal and then the Tour Championship uh, are the last two events of official money. So um, I'm just gonna you know rest up here and sort of practice a little bit, get the game sharp again, and go up, go up to Montreal and try to just keep doing what I've been doing. And then Webb next year. Yep, that's the goal. Definitely looking forward to getting back there. I think, yeah. um, you know, I, having to go around uh, in 15 and then playing a few events here and there, um, you know, I, I'm really looking forward to getting back there. And uh, with a different mindset and a different uh, sort of angle of attack, so to speak, uh, it sounds kind of lame, but, um, you know, a different way of yeah. approaching it. And, um, and I mean, obviously all this has just put it into a lot of perspective for me, you know, and just, you know, how, how important it is and, and, you know, not to take it for granted and, and really, uh, sort of have that appreciation that you get to play on the web and have a chance to be on the big show. So cool. Well, good stuff, man. I appreciate you joining us. Of course, thanks for having yeah. me. We may have to do like a, awesome. like a non-golf podcast with you too. I know. And just talk <laughs> oh about your, your travels and adventures yeah, like, and all that. Can you teach me how to surf too? <laughs> yeah, I want to hear about that barbarian days as well. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. been in my backpack traveling for three months, and I haven't cracked it open, which is it's terrible. so it's so well written. Like the the economy of words in it, and just oh, really? like, yeah, there's no wasted That's, pros. In yeah, there. what I heard is like even if you don't like surfing, or it's still a fantastic book. Yeah, so. That's good to hear. Yeah. All right. Tyler, thank you. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who